Hey, whether you enjoy listening to Breaking Down Collapse or Building Up Resilience, I think you'll also really enjoy our bonus content on Patreon. Yeah, Kellen and I take 20 minutes each week to talk about the news that's happening all around us and Collapse as it plays out. We like to have a little fun with it, but also make sure that you're aware of what's going on in the world of Collapse. We look forward to having you join us there. The link to join us on Patreon is in the episode description. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Corey, I don't know if you've ever heard kind of this ironic, it's kind of, I guess, a joke, but something along the lines of there are two types of people in this world, people that fit into categories and people that don't, which just highlights, right, that everybody can be categorized in one way or another. There are narrow categories and broad categories, but it's something that apparently people love to do is to find one way to fit everyone into some sort of a box or another which I think makes sense. We're not very good at viewing the really complex ways that, that things interact and seeing the, the gray between the black and the white. We like to simplify things, right? So we like to be able to say, this person fits into this box, or we assign ourselves boxes that we fit in. In reality, it doesn't really work like that. There's so much complexity to, to everything. But in our puny little human brains, I, I understand why we compartmentalize things. Yeah. And it does help us to understand the world around us a little bit better. I know that there are so many different types of personality tests out there. For example, there's the Myers-Briggs test. There are the colors, you know, the, the color test. You can even take a test and find out which Disney princess you are. Yeah. Or, or which house in the Harry Potter Hogwarts school, you, you, you know, that you would belong to. You're definitely a Hufflepuff. <laughs> I am not a Hufflepuff. So one way in which we can categorize ourselves or other individuals is the way in which they view and approach life in general. And 
I think some of these will be really important to discuss as we continue to learn more about collapse because it's people that are the cause of collapse. It's people that will determine how quickly collapse plays out. It's people that we will watch respond in one way or another. And because we are somewhere along the process of collapse, like we're seeing this play out day by day with with the direction that we're headed, each one of us will have the opportunity to choose what our approach and what our response is. And so today we're going to be diving a little bit deeper into nihilism. And it's an interesting topic because the subject of collapse has a greater tendency than most other subjects out there to drive people toward nihilism. I'll just share the caveat that I'm not trying to advocate for one type of approach over another. You know, I I had a friend at one point that I used to work with, and every time his kid would come up and ask him a question and be like, Daddy, can I have a cookie? He would always say, it's your life. Do whatever you want. Daddy, can can I watch a show? It's your life. Do whatever you want. I don't necessarily agree with that approach to parenting. I take a different approach. You're you're a dictator in your parenting. <laughs> that that guy's trying to be an anarchist parent. You're being a dictator parent. Just purely authoritarian. But the same goes for anybody listening to the podcast. I, I just want to kind of say like, it's your life, do whatever you want. But this is just one approach to be aware of. There are pros and cons to it. I might share some opinions, you know, well, what I think about nihilism, but that's not really the purpose of this. It's to become more aware of what this can look like as collapse plays out. Yeah, I think you make a great point that this episode is a little different because we're not talking about a specific science with numbers and facts and figures, and we're not giving our official stance on how we feel about it, right? But we we may have opinions and our opinions may not align with yours, the listener. And, and that's, that's okay, right? We don't all have to be on the same page about everything. I personally don't really know where I stand on nihilism. I see it talked about a lot. Like Kellen said, there's some pros and cons to it all. But, but one thing that's really important is that I don't judge anyone for either embracing or rejecting nihilism. And so I, I'm excited for this episode, Kellen, and to hear more about what nihilism is and your thoughts around it. And maybe before we jump in, could you just for the audience who may not be as familiar with this type of a topic, can you explain some of the others? So I know there's like nihilism and stoicism. Some people embrace hedonism going into collapse. Do you have, are there any others that you can think of to contrast to what nihilism is? Yeah. I mean, you've mentioned a couple there already. And, and it's hard because some of them you could say are subcategories of others. Some of them fit into a certain framework and some of them don't. It depends on whether you expand this into like religious beliefs or not. You know, even just within the topic of nihilism, people are discussing eternalism and existentialism and materialism and intellectualism and Buddhism and atheism and fatalism absurdism, like the list just goes on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I I feel like there's so much we could talk about. And yet there are some of these that are are a little bit more all encompassing. And where nihilism comes up so often within the subject of collapse, I think it's really worth our time. Excellent. Let's do it. Great. So one thing that you said, Corey, you said, I'm not totally sure where I stand when it comes to nihilism. 
how much I agree with it or I don't. Part of the reason for that might be that it's a little bit challenging to define. And it's not that there aren't definitions out there. There definitely are. But I've found there seems to be a wide spectrum of how people interpret nihilism, even among people who claim to be nihilists. So one definition, it says nihilism is the belief that all values are baseless and that nothing can be known or communicated. It is often associated with extreme pessimism and a radical skepticism that condemns existence. A true nihilist would believe in nothing, have no loyalties, and no purpose other than perhaps an impulse to destroy. That's just one definition. You know, a a simple Google definition says nihilism is the rejection of all religious and moral principles in the belief that life is meaningless. So like I said before, there's a lot of ambiguity here, but the most common thing that I can find is that idea that life is meaningless. Now that idea alone can be debated a lot. Sometimes nihilism is put in opposition to eternalism, which kind of comes under the realm of of religious or not religious. Typically, nihilists don't believe that there's any sort of God out there. There's no purpose to our lives on earth. We just happen to be here through all of the processes that randomly played out. and, And we're on this one little rock in a vast universe. And in fact, not always, but a lot of times, People who feel jaded by religious beliefs, by religion in general, or even by any sort of structures, organizations, authority, really anyone who has a desire to reject that is going to be more prone to adopting nihilism. Another reason why it can be difficult to understand nihilism is not only because there's lots of different interpretations of it, but because people are complex. And when you start talking about something like this, it it can become very philosophical. As an example, let me just read for you a, a line or two from one article that I read about it. It says, typically nihilistic intellectualization involves extreme abstraction, voluminous intricacy, sesquipedalian dictation, non-standard logic, and often reflexivity, meta-level analysis. Sorry, did you say sesquipedalian? Sorry, I might have pronounced it wrong. Sesquipedalian. Sesquipedalian. You're going to have to, I'm going to have to get a thesaurus out. Well, I can tell you the definition. What's the top of your head or are you going to Google it? I Googled it. It's characterized by long words or long-winded. Like that sentence you just read. Right. So that's just to give you a taste of what some people are saying as they're talking about it. It gets very philosophical and people get very intellectual. A pure nihilist, like I talked about before, wouldn't believe in anything and would have no loyalties and no purpose and nothing would have any meaning whatsoever. But it seems like it's impossible to exist that way as a human. And so some people call themselves optimistic nihilists or positive nihilists. Sounds a bit like an oxymoron. Yeah, it doesn't really fit the standard definition. But I came across a song, maybe you've heard it, Corey. It's actually a pretty funny song. I don't, I don't know if this is the original artist or not, but you can search on YouTube. Ian McConnell has a song called Important. The song is really catchy. It's entertaining. People love it. But the chorus says, I'm not important and neither are you. So let's do whatever we want to do. Bask in our cosmic insignificance. Soak up this blip we're living in because nothing matters anyways. Isn't that great? And I think 
to dive a little bit deeper in, into that kind of idea where it's like, in one sense, nothing matters at all. This is all meaningless, but these kind of nihilists find meaning in just kind of enjoying the ride and doing whatever they want to do. You know, I, I will say that the pure sense of nihilism that you've explained doesn't appeal to me. You know, I do feel loyalties, for example, to people. I do feel some sense of moral guidance. I do believe in right and wrong and, and, and things like that. But that being said, that song, which I have heard before and I, I think is awesome, I can see why that appeals to people. Because on one hand, when you stop believing that anything matters or that you have any significance at all, it takes the pressure off. You don't need to be anything for anyone. You don't need to feel like you have to live up to anything. There's no pressure to worry or, or guilt about doing what's morally correct. Like You can just do what you want and you can feel good about it, right? And so that I can see that being a very relaxing thing for somebody. And I actually remember when I heard that song just a couple of weeks ago, I read the comments and people were just talking about how they had never felt so like anxiety free in their existential dread they were like this song made me realize like my anxieties I, I these are these are worth nothing i don't need to feel anxious i'm just a small insignificant blip on this planet so yeah i should just enjoy my time so yeah that was that was i can see how that's a more optimistic view of nihilism yeah that's exactly it in fact i wanted to read to you because i think it paints that picture so perfectly a comment that somebody made on the YouTube video of that song. And it's just a part of their comment. It's a really long comment, but they said, we're here for only a blink of an eye in the whole timeline of the universe. Each of us are tiny little ants on a giant rock hurtling through the infinite expanse of space. In that respect, yes, we are small and unimportant. As individuals, we statistically won't make a big enough impact on the world for our legacy to be remembered for more than a couple of generations. But I don't think this song is saying that means that what we do here doesn't matter. We mattered because of the butterfly slash ripple effect, the idea that our very existence on this earth changes the lives of those around us and subsequently the lives of everyone on earth. We matter because we are here. We also matter because we are a small part of a collective group. Part of optimistic nihilism is that belief that because there is no inherent meaning to our lives and we're, we're just brought into existence by a long string of coincidences, we get to decide what our life is going to mean. That's what this song means to me. I'm here for such a small blip of time. I'm going to spend my blip creating my own meaning, getting as much out of it as I possibly can, and not sweating the small stuff because no one will remember me in a thousand years anyway. For me, it's this temporary nature of our existence that makes it so beautiful. So anyways, there's, there's some irony in that comment, right? If nihilism means nothing matters at all, everything is meaningless. This person is claiming to be a nihilist, but is saying the fact that nothing matters makes my existence meaningful. So one individual, Donald Crosby, authored something called The Specter of the Absurd, and he talks about four types of nihilism. He talks about moral nihilism, which is kind of what you said, like it, it removes any sense of moral obligation. There's, there's no moral principles, viewpoints. There's epistemological nihilism. And that means there can't be any truths or meanings that aren't just strictly confined 
to a single like individual or group or conceptual scheme. You know, sometimes the way people describe this is is they say the only thing that actually exists, the only meaning that there really is, is what people assign to it. Cosmic nihilism disavows intelligibility or value in nature, seeing it as indifferent or hostile to fundamental human concerns. And existential nihilism negates the meaning of life. One question I have in, in all of this, and I, I don't know if you've already addressed this or not, but does a nihilist, if they don't believe that anything matters or maybe nothing in life matters, does that negate their ability to care about other people or to care about anything? If there's no loyalty, is there still, is there any sense of, of wanting to, for example, do good for other people? Or is there any joy in helping other people feel joy or in doing service? Or is a true nihilist someone who doesn't take any joy out of helping someone else? Because if, if that's the case, to me, that just sounds like sociopathy, right? Yeah, the, a true nihilist, the answer would be no. There's no meaning, no purpose for anything. But that leads into some of the critiques that people have about nihilism. One of them is that true nihilism, like it can't even really exist because if nothing has any meaning whatsoever, then there wouldn't even be motivations that would drive any human behavior. One author says, if you think you are a nihilist, I think you are mistaken. I hope to persuade you that you cannot actually be a nihilist because you are too intelligent to fully convince yourself that nothing is meaningful. But there are some benefits, right? Some, some, some reasons why nihilism appeals to people. You mentioned some of it already, Corey. Some of, the, some of the reasons why you see it as like, hey, I can see why people buy into this philosophy. Some of it is kind of like what you said. It's a way to distance yourself from responsibility. And some people use that as a critique. Some people use that as a praise. But if nothing matters, then, then there's no agenda, you don't answer to anybody. You don't have to do anything. It's kind of a sense of freedom. Another thing that makes it kind of nice is that nihilism is really simple. You're not trying to define meaning or find patterns. You're not trying to sort through everything that's nuanced or nebulous. You know, it's this idea of like, it's not like you can care about everything all at once all the time, which means if you're going to be selective, you have to put energy and effort into making those choices. But when none of it matters, it's just kind of a simple way to avoid any complexity. You can put everything under the one category of having zero meaning. I think one of the reasons people are drawn to nihilism, especially within the collapse community, is that there's some sort of a comfort in it. Like you don't, there's no highs or lows. Everything is just zero. That there's no positive or negative meanings assigned to anything. They would argue the, the only reason anybody ever suffers is because they want things to be better or different than they are. But if nothing means anything, there, there's no reason to prefer anything over anything else. Sure. So it's kind of an idea of suffering comes from unmet expectations. If you have no expectations, then you can minimize suffering, perhaps. Yeah, even to the extreme that you could say, like pain, pain doesn't cause suffering. It's us rejecting the pain or not wanting the pain that causes us to suffer. But if, if you can get so deep into nihilism that even while experiencing pain, you just think, who cares? Like one article that I pulled a lot of this from, the author says regarding pain, who cares? Soon you will be dead. The sun will explode. The universe will run out of energy and it will freeze to death. Pain will be over. And the last reason 
that that I've found here is that nihilism promises certainty. If there's no meaning anywhere, then you you don't have to continue this fruitless search for uh, an ultimate source of meaning. You know, as you go over those different reasons, I can see why someone who is a collapse aware might embrace nihilism, right? Especially in regards to just thinking about what is going to happen to humanity as a whole. And for a lot of people who are maybe super empathic or for people who view each life as having a meaning, which views the interconnectedness of everybody's lives having meaning, views community as having meaning, all of the technologies and how far humanity has come. You know, if you view all of those things as important and having meaning, then watching all of that go away is devastating, right? And I think a lot of people who have invested their whole worldview in what humanity is and where they thought humanity was going to then find out that collapse is inevitable, that that could be an entire destruction of your worldview of what matters to you. So if you are a nihilist, at least to some degree, then by saying it doesn't matter, none of it matters, you are thereby taking away the hurt and the pain that comes from watching what will unfold with collapse. Yeah, it's kind of a way to adopt indifference. You're not going to experience the highs or the lows, right? Like somebody loves you, who cares? It doesn't matter. Somebody hates you, who cares? It doesn't matter. The world's about to die. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters, right? You you just won the lottery, who cares? It doesn't matter. So one of the ways in which there's there's maybe some crossover here and where it gets confused and where nihilists will argue not only with each other, but with others who are critiquing nihilism is that it can just be seen as like depression or even, you know, some will use the term miserableism. And I think back to Corey, when you and I were in high school, it was that phase of time when it was really popular to be like emo. Mm, Yeah. I still have my, my studded belt in the closet. (laughs) Yeah. And, and you think of like the stereotypical emo teenager who like, there's not even, maybe there's, there's a little bit of anger, angst or depression there, but it's almost just like everything to them is like, meh, I don't care. I don't care about you. I don't care about the world. Nothing matters. And you can see where that borders on, uh, on like depression, right? So some have said that, well, if nothing matters at all, if you can't find any meaning or purpose in life, if you're truly a nihilist, then you're going to be suicidal. But even that is false because there would be no reason or meaning in, in ending your life either. So just to step in here and ask a quick question, can a nihilist be happy? Because I mean, any person is going to feel emotions, right? Having no purpose, having no feeling like nothing matters. I can still feel happiness though, right? Or, or is there a stance on that? And really it comes down to what kind of nihilist you define yourself as. Because like a pure, true nihilist, there's no happiness, but there's no sadness, there's really no emotion, right? But nobody really fits in that category. For most people, kind of like the comment I read from that YouTube video, they find happiness. And most nihilists will just say, well, I just reject any moral or religious principles. I don't think that there's any inherent right or wrong. I don't buy into 
what any religious organization tells me or any organization for that matter or authority. I just assign meaning to the things that I want to assign meaning to, and I get to live according to that meaning. So one thing I've noticed with this, and it's been pointed out in a couple of places as I've done my research, is that sometimes people who are really cynical or really nihilistic, there's kind of this elitist sense that that you get from those people. It's almost like they feel like they've risen above it all. And if you're anything but cynical and nihilistic, then you're not as smart as they are, right? That you, You're still just kind of like one of the sheep that's following the crowd and being told what to think and believe. And it's only the really smart intellectuals that are able to learn for themselves that everything is meaningless and they get past what everyone else is worried about, which to some degree we just talked about, right? High school, it was cool to be emo. It, it was kind of seen as this cool thing to not care and to not feel like things were purposeful or meaningful. So we've talked a lot about nihilism, what it is, what the different definitions and and how people treat it, the different interpretations, the different types of nihilists. With all of that as the context, I think it's really important now to dive into maybe pros and cons of nihilism within collapse as collapse progresses. So I'll just say, I think it's important to learn how to regulate our emotions. We've talked about that a lot like how to cope and how to recognize and feel what we feel and be able to get ourselves into a more healthy mindset if we're in an unhealthy mindset. But I don't personally believe that it's healthy to suppress emotions. There is this appeal, right? If you're watching the news and you are seeing horrible things happen around the world and you're seeing all this suffering, I think it makes a lot of sense that we just want to turn all that off and just go numb, and decide like, I don't care about anything or about any of this. And if I watch someone die or not, it doesn't matter. I, I can see why people would want to do that. And I know I've done that sometimes and in some degrees, and I've wanted to do that. But frankly, I don't think it's an enjoyable way to live. And I don't think it's it's a healthy way for somebody to exist. Yeah, I I feel that to some degree as well, just as far as knowing that I I have maybe numbed myself to some of those things, you know, and I've, I felt like I want to almost as a sort of a preparation, right? For example, the idea of being able to see somebody in a dire medical situation, it, there could be an advantage to being a little bit numb to that in that you don't panic when it happens, right? Now, I also wouldn't be like, oh, it doesn't matter. I don't care. I'm not going to help that person. The idea is to get used to seeing something that, that might be shocking so that you can be more help when the situation arises. So in that way, I can see how allowing yourself to, to be a little bit numb to those types of things is beneficial. But like you said, if you're, if you're suppressing emotions because you feel that you shouldn't have emotions, that is most definitely, in my opinion, not a super healthy way to live because normally those emotions are going to come bursting through you know, to the surface at some point in an explosion that's usually not going to be healthy and it's not going to affect your relationships positively and and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. On the other hand, I think it is a challenging dynamic to recognize that we matter and also like give ourselves a reality check that we don't. I think there's a lot of value in not taking ourselves too seriously. I know for me in just about any setting I'm in, especially where there's any relationships involved, whether it's with family or with coworkers or in collapse, right? As you are 
trying to form relationships and community and work with others, we have to recognize that we matter enough that we we actually take steps and we, and we do what's going to be beneficial for us. And maybe even we see it as we're taking care of ourselves so that we can take care of our loved ones and help others. While at the same time, if we take ourselves too seriously in any setting, if we assign too much meaning to ourselves or what we're doing, then all of a sudden we lose sight of the contributions that other people are making. Uh, We maybe start to feel really entitled. We struggle to even loosen up and have fun. And so I think there is this balance where, where it's like, yes, it's good to not assign too much meaning to ourselves or to the things around us. And, you know, as we get into talking about the other isms in the future, of which there are many, I think we're going to find this reoccurring theme that goes back to what you talked about in the beginning of this episode, which is we like to put ourselves and other people into boxes, but we don't always fit nicely into those boxes. There are parts of nihilism here that you've just talked about that in, in balance might be really healthy, right? Taken to any extreme, you know, you can have too much of a good thing. And you can have too much of a bad thing, obviously. So like there's a balance deciding what's right for you. And it's okay to not fit into any of them. You can take an aspect of nihilism and say, I really, I I like the idea of, of taking myself a little less seriously, of not putting myself under so much pressure all of the time. And so I'm going to, I'm going to take that and I'm going to apply that in my life and try and think about that more often. But that doesn't mean that you have to go around telling everyone I'm a nihilist, right? Because like you said, there's so many different meanings to that and everything that a, that a true, pure nihilist stands for, you may not agree with. So anyway, I, I don't mean to go on a tangent there, but I think it is to say that it's okay to agree with some parts and not all of it, to take what you think is pertinent to you, what is helpful to you and reject the rest. Yeah, and even for anyone listening who claims that they are a nihilist, that's all good and great. And you're probably listening to this and thinking, hey, wait a minute, this episode doesn't accurately describe me at all. But again, it goes back to there being so many different definitions. It's so ambiguous. None of us really fit perfectly into any classification. I think another thing that's really valuable about nihilism is that it validates that life is short. Life is temporary. Whether or not somebody believes that there is existence for them after this life in one form or another, recognizing that any sort of pain or suffering isn't going to be endless. And also recognizing that like the good things and the joy that we experience, that's also not, you know, we're not going to get to just live that continuously. We will die at some point. And I think for me, there's a lot of comfort in that. Even if I get put in a worst case scenario, like my worst nightmares about what collapse could look like, nihilism accepts the fact that it really doesn't matter, at least in the sense that it's temporary. And I think that not only helps you when you're experiencing really challenging times, I think it can also be beneficial just to make sure you enjoy the moment right now. Kind of going back to that song where where he says, I'm not important, neither are you, so let's do whatever we want to do. I frankly don't think it's healthy just to do whatever we feel like doing at any given moment. But I do think it's okay to be a bit spontaneous and not only live under pressure or the expectations of others. Like It's okay 
recognizing that meaning doesn't necessarily have to come from some of these other sources and we can uh, enjoy the time while we have it. You know, throughout this whole conversation, there's been one recurring thought that, that keeps coming to my mind. And it's that there, there are a lot of things that you've been saying here around nihilism that I agree with, that I, that I accept. Some things that I, I don't necessarily agree with so much. But the one thing that I would outright reject about nihilism is the way that other people are treated based on your own thoughts about the world. I draw the line at doing whatever I want, even if it's to the detriment of somebody else, right? And again, this is where I, I don't know what you would call me, what ism I would fall under here in saying this, but I do believe that I have a moral responsibility to treat other people the way I want to be treated, right? The, the golden rule that we hear about all the time. I think that my, the meaning that I find in life personally comes from the effect that I can have on other people. Like, I feel like if I have any meaning in life, whenever I feel meaningless, I remind myself, you can have an impact, a positive impact on other people. So forget yourself and go make somebody happy, right? Go do somebody a favor, whatever that is. And I hope that, that anyone who considers themselves a nihilist does always remember that other people do matter and you do have an effect on their lives. And especially as we go into collapse, I mean, that is going to be more important than ever. Building community, building other people up. You know, I, I hope that I one day feel that if I don't have meaning, that at the very least then I can use the vehicle that is my body to provide meaning for somebody else. Yeah, well said. And Corey, you know me well enough to know that I'm right there on the same page with you. I, I completely agree with you there. I think generally speaking, people feel empathy toward others. People want to leave a positive impact. And, you know, you mentioned you don't think it's okay for people to just do whatever they want at the detriment of others. And I agree. And I think most people will often even take actions that are to the detriment of themselves in order to provide something better for somebody else. Which is the definition of altruism, right? Yeah. There's that selfless, that altruism, which again, it's another one of those things people debate, even if true altruism exists. Frankly, anytime we get into the extremes, you're, you're probably in dangerous territory and you're not going to find anyone that can live that to its, its purest definition. But I think there are definitely those that consider themselves nihilists who also consider themselves as being very altruistic. One thing I will say is that I feel like from what I can find in all the things that are, are being posted by people online that claim to be nihilists, oftentimes it seems like it's a response to either being overwhelmed, typically by, by all the bad things that they're seeing around them, or it's a response to being hurt. They feel pain, they feel hurt, and so they kind of suppress everything and say, I don't care about anything, nothing matters. Or it's a feeling of a lack of control, right? And as you see collapse play around you and you feel so powerless to do anything about it, and there's, there's bad things not only on a macro scale, but a micro scale in your personal life, being able to kind of numb yourself and, and say, hey, I'm nihilist, I don't care, nothing matters, it has no meaning. Nothing I do makes a difference. It's, it, it doesn't matter to try because yeah. it won't change anything. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of feels like a defense mechanism. And so I, I feel for anyone that adopts nihilism for that reason. And I hope there's maybe some other ways that they can find some sort of fulfillment. I think a lot of that 
like you said, Corey, comes from trying to help other people. When we've talked about coping in the past, we've talked about all the research that's been done out there. And one of the things we've mentioned is that over and over again, the research shows your conditions rarely are the primary factor for your happiness, right? You can, you can be in awful conditions or you can have all the luxuries and comforts in the world. And that's not necessarily going to determine how happy you are. Really what they've found provides the most happiness is purpose. It's not about your circumstances. It really comes down to purpose or meaning. Like if you are destitute in poverty, but you find meaning in, in trying to provide for your loved ones, you might be much happier than somebody who like is, is a trust fund baby, you know, living without, without any real responsibilities or concerns. We talked about the example of you might be somebody who works at the zoo and all day, every day, all you do is shovel animal manure. You're just trying to clean up the cages. For one person, they might say, what could be worse in the world than that? Like they would feel so depressed in a job like that. But others would say, I'm helping animals and I love animals. And they assign this meaning to it. And all of a sudden they love the work that they do and they feel happy. And so that's why I struggle a little bit with nihilism. As we get into collapse further and further, like you talked about, Core, you find meaning in being able to help other people. I'm not saying that that has to be your purpose for anyone listening, but I think you've got to have some sort of purpose that drives you, that keeps you motivated, that helps you to find meaning in life, or else it's going to be a miserable journey for you. I don't see how you can just avoid the negative emotions with everything, everything that will be going on. And, you know, I'd be interested to hear if there is someone who doesn't agree with what Kellen just said. We are speaking from our own perspectives, right? We view things the way that we view things based on our own life experiences and circumstances and perspectives. And so we are not saying that we are right and anyone else is wrong. This is just our viewpoint. So yeah, be happy to hear other viewpoints if there are any others out there that are opposing what, what we've said here. Kellen, this episode has been awesome. Uh, it's been really cool to sort of just have a conversation on this and gain some new perspectives into it. I do see a lot of people in the collapse community who talk about nihilism. I think I have sort of a renewed respect and, and perspective for their stance and maybe why they feel that way. I feel better prepared to be able to have a conversation with them and, and learn their perspective and, and why they feel the way that they do. And I also think I've learned some interesting things that I want to apply in my own life, my own ways of thinking that may better help prepare me for tough times to come. Yeah. And in all of this, we share what we're learning as we learn it. We don't ever claim to be the experts. We're not prescriptive. Again, going back to that idea of like, hey, it's your life, do whatever you want. But we appreciate that if you're listening, you're willing to learn with us along the way and kind of join us in this journey. We appreciate the support. We hope if you haven't already that you'll join us on Patreon so you can hear the bonus episodes where we talk about the current events and how we're seeing collapse take place. Also, if you haven't had the chance yet, we'd love if you could leave a, a positive review, especially if it's a written review. That just helps the podcast gain a little more traction and get in front of more people. I, I frankly feel like the more 
people who become collapse aware, the more we're going to have kind of a collective capability to mitigate it, do something about it, or at least have a community uh, of people that understand our viewpoint so that we can help each other as things progress. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.